As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Welcome to the My Essential Birth Podcast. I'm Courtney. And I'm Stephanie. And we're professional doulas, childbirth educators, and the creators of My Essential Birth, the holistic, empowering online childbirth education course helping mothers everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. So join us each week as we share tips and advice for all things pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you can be the first to get new content. And head over to www.myessentialbirth.com for more information about our birth course and to join a community of mamas just like you. It's the marathon episode you all have been waiting for, but before we get into that, we want to share our reviewer of the week. This is Kenna Lee Beasley, who says, a gift for future mommies. What a beautiful spoken podcast I've stumbled upon. I can't wait to learn more from these ladies through my own first pregnancy. Thank you for your words, your humor, your personal stories that are easy to relate to, and for your time in producing this podcast. Um, We are going to come at you today with an incredible personal story. And I just have to say, I have been watching Stephanie from afar train for this marathon. I think I've only gone on like one minuscule run with you. Worth it. (laughs) I died. She did great. Um, You were very patient, but I've watched you commit to your training schedule and get it done. There were times that I would be talking to you and it was late at night and you were still headed out for a run. And this is a woman, you guys, who homeschools her children, works another job, works on my essential birth, social media, you know, takes care of a lot of our podcasting. She is a powerhouse of a woman. She has church and community commitments. And yet this was something that she set a goal for herself to do and was incredibly committed to through the difficult time that I think the whole world has been experiencing these last several months. So I'm an incredibly proud friend today, and you guys are going to love what she has to share because um, there's a lot of similarities we're discovering between running a marathon and training for a marathon and preparing for birth and giving birth. I feel like I can't live up to everything you just said. (laughs) Best introduction ever. Uh, I feel like Andy, no, Michael Scott from the, where he's like, not much of an introduction. You know, he always wants right. this like grand, nailed it. <laughs> okay. Yes. I, I have to tell you, no, I did not choose to run a marathon to compare it to birth. I chose to run a marathon because when I ran my half marathon last year and was the very first time I'd ever even run over six miles ever, um, it was so powerful that I thought I wanted to challenge my way myself in a new way and hit something even harder because it was just such a an incredible boost to just my energy and my ego and and my everything just everything good. It put you on a high. Yes, it put me on a high. It that was, sounds yeah. familiar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, like a birth high. Yeah. So when I decided to press forward and do this marathon, I was like, 
it's so perfect. Of course, I'm going to be able to relate this to birth. And this is what we talk about all day long. So um, I, I had to make sure that I brought this full circle and talked about it in this way. And because I've been able to experience birth in different ways, um, one of which was completely unmedicated, which is the one that relates closest to this marathon for me, I knew I could I could talk about all of that. And I was excited because the closer I got, the, the more I wondered, the more I really wondered, is it like running a marathon? Because it's something that I had learned and, and heard and taught even in my classes, but I didn't know if it was true. So yes, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. All right. So, so we know that preparation is a huge component to having a great birth experience. And so um, why don't you tell us a little bit about what your training was like for preparing for this marathon? Yeah, that was the thing that probably stuck out to me first and foremost was the training. So um, I made the mistake with my first birth, and I know that other women make this mistake as well, looking at women and saying, everybody gives birth. Every woman can do this. It doesn't matter what you look like or where you're from or what your body is like. Everybody makes you it through this You have a process, uterus and a vagina. Right? You can give birth. Yeah. And so I, it was easy for me to kind of look at that. I could have done the same thing with the marathon. If you guys have seen what runners look like, they come in all different shapes and sizes, all different age categories, all different abilities. And so it could have been something that I said, just like that first birth, everybody does it. I'm not going to worry about it. Game day, I'll just, if I walk, I, if I need to walk, I'll walk but I I know I can do it. Um, There's some power in that. I think having that notion, knowing that other people have completed it is huge. I think you can absolutely pull from that power. But it would be very dumb of me to know that in nine months I have to run a marathon and do absolutely nothing to prepare for it. I think what you're saying is absolutely right because, you know, I see all kinds of people out running along the sidewalk in my neighborhood. I think most people, if they had to, could run, you know, maybe at least a few steps or so. But to be able to say, well, you know, I really want to hit this goal of being in a marathon, but, you know, if I need to walk or whatever, it's okay. I'll just see what happens on that day. I I do sometimes hear women who are like, you know, I really want to go unmedicated, but you know, we'll just see what happens. We'll see how I do. And I guess in my mind, I'm going, if, if it's a goal, commit to it like a goal. And so, um, I know that you set a date. Yep. Um, you had a marathon picked out that you and your, your training partner, your friend wanted to do. And to me, that's kind of like you also, if you're pregnant, you have a set date too. You have your due date now, mind you. And you know, we're, huge advocates for your due date is not set in stone. Not at all. Speaking of which, mine wasn't either. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. It was supposed to be, but it got moved all around. So I did have the birth pains of like, uh, we were supposed to have our marathon, our baby on October 3rd, and we didn't do it till the 17th. So yeah. Yes. Okay. So generally speaking, you've got a due date. Your baby may or may not come that date, but it gives you like, okay, plus or minus a few weeks, your baby's going to come around then. You know, months before yeah, that you're going to have to push this baby out. <laughs> There's like, that's the thing. There's no way out like other than through. So when you're pregnant, you will be approaching a date that is going to happen no matter what. And so when we talk about um, preparation that goes into birth or preparation I did for my runs, like, or for the marathon, my preparation came from my runs, right? Like every week I had four days a week that I was training. I was absolutely going to hit those runs. Nothing stopped me from hitting those runs until the very end, which I'll talk about later. Cause everybody's going to have something that comes up. That's going to get you a little 
little off track. That's life. It's normal. Um, but that would be in relation. It's like the same thing that you guys do for, for preparation for your birth. That's your relaxation practice. You're watching birth course videos. There's prenatal exercises you can be doing, labor rehearsals that you do with your spouse. All of that is part of that preparation, that physical, mental, emotional preparation that happens to get you to the end of the line. But Steph, having never run a marathon before, did you just rely on your own training schedule that you invented yourself or did you have a little help from people who had done it before? Totally. And I think that stood out too, because of course, when we're, we're going through this birth experience, we, who do you reach out to? Somebody that's done it before. And so actually the woman that I was training with, neither of us had run that kind of distance before. She had never run a marathon either. And so we, we grabbed an app. Or a birth course, right? Something that was pre-done by people that had the information that could set up a schedule and say, if you do these things, you'll be able to run like this by the end. So we absolutely used that information. Um, we stuck to our training schedule. We were super consistent. I was very committed. Um, and then I, I was able to achieve that goal. I love that. If you have a goal, get yourself some good resources like a birth course <laughs> and then commit to it through thick or thin. You're tired, do it anyway. Your goals in preparation don't need to be huge. In fact, I think that you're more likely to stick to them if they're small, attainable goals for the most part, right? So I remember the one run I went on with you was what, like a mile or something yeah. like that? And we were going to do it before the podcast, kind of get the blood pumping, get the energy flowing. And, um, you know, a mile doesn't seem like a lot, but that's what she committed to doing and she did it through thick or thin. So if you're taking our birth course, um, just say, you know, 15 minutes a day. I can do 15 minutes a day, even if I've had a rough day at work, even if I've had a rough day with the toddlers, like I can log in and do 15 minutes a day and I can track my nutrition. Um, so let's move into nutrition. Let's talk about <laughs> how you prepared um, on that kind of level for this event. Yes, just a couple of things. I think my nutrition wasn't perfect. Um, if I'm being honest, when I'm pregnant, my nutrition is way better than when I was planning on running this marathon because I didn't have to worry about growing another baby inside myself. I wasn't worried necessarily about that. And I ate a decent amount of cold stone. But the truth <laughs> is like I had to eat somewhat healthy. I couldn't just eat all the deep fried sugary, whatever I wanted. Um, because I noticed on those days that my body wasn't working as well. Like a little sluggish. Yes. Yeah. There has to be some discipline for that. We'll get into it later too, but there's no way I could have run a marathon without eating and drinking while I was going through it. So back to that in a minute. But I will say along with like good nutrition and the, and the rehearsing everything, the, the runs and all, all this stuff that you like, you start building this confidence and this joy and you can look back and you're like, oh, like two weeks ago, I couldn't run three miles comfortably or the whole time. And now I'm running five. Like I remember like halfway into the training, I was like, I, it was so hard like running a 5k the very first time several years ago. So hard, very hardest thing I'd ever done. I ran a 5K like four times a week, you know, so training cool. on this marathon. And as it continued, I was running a half marathon every couple weeks on a training schedule. So you hit this point where you're like, oh, I really sucked at relaxation when this started. I could not get my body to relax or my mind off of things at all. But I've been doing it for four weeks. And now I notice I'm doing it for 20, 25 minutes and I'm falling asleep at the end. You have to let yourself be bad 
to get to the place where you can be good. I love watching the posts within our members group of women who come in and they're like, okay, so I'm trying to do the exercises, you know, for an easier pregnancy and birth. And I just really am having a hard time holding this squat for very long. Or, Mm -hmm. um, this is what I look like when I'm doing it. Is this right? This just doesn't, I feel like I'm doing this wrong. And it's so awesome to watch them progress as they approach their due date, especially if they've been really faithful and consistent and doing these simple exercises every day to watch them by the end, like, oh my gosh, I can get my squat up to, you know, this many minutes per day. And it just all came from being consistency. But yeah, there's confidence that comes with um, training and preparation and consistency. All right. So moving on from training, Steph, what was your support system like? Because I know that having a support system as you prepare and as you go through your birth experience is like you can't do it without it. So tell us about yours. You guys, it's huge. (laughs) It was so huge. And I would say different even from my first birth experience. Like my husband and I, we love each other, but we were newlyweds. We didn't know what we were doing. We'd never had a baby. I didn't talk to anybody that had had a baby and had really good experiences that had information to give to me. And then the classes that we took were hospital classes. So it just wasn't helpful. So I can look back at that and say, I really needed some more support. Um, And now looking even at this, the support that my husband gave me for even just for the marathon was like way different and way better than that first birth. So (laughs) I hope you'll get some good, strong information out of this. He's come a long way. Good job, Michael. Right? (laughs) Shout out. Um, But I like I'll say like he watched the kids every Saturday when I went on my long runs with my girlfriend. And we, I mean, we were gone for hours, hours, right? And sometimes we'd podcast the same day. So I'd be gone like the whole day. I'd run for like two or three hours in the morning. I'd meet Courtney. We'd podcast for several hours and I'd head home. Um, But on top of that, he made sure that I was allowed to purchase what I needed. Like we put money aside so I could purchase the shoes I needed or the clothes or the little running belt that I bought so I could have my phone record. I remember how excited you were when you got an (laughs) Apple watch. Like, oh my gosh, I did the thing. Yeah. Um, And then like even a along the path, like our husbands were there to cheer us on as we went, like as we were crossing these milestones, as it was getting harder, or I came upon, which we'll talk about in a minute, but I came up to a space where I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm in so much pain and what am I going to do? And they met us along the way and they're like, here's food, here's water, here's some new shoes. So they did all of these things with us, for us, so that we could make it along the way. And um, I'll say too, like my girlfriend that I chose to have be this like marathon doula training awesomeness with me, right? Um, she, she agreed to train with me. We met weekly for our runs. We encouraged each other, even on the shorter runs, we were screenshotting what we were doing. Like anytime we hit a run, we screenshot and we sent it to each other and we were congratulating each other. And just those little things along the way help a ton. Um, but on top of that, I had, I had Courtney, you were supportive. Like I I'd reach out or I'd say I did this thing. And like, anytime I hit a new record or whatever, a personal record, I'd be like, Courtney, look what I did. And she's like, Oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you. Like all of that keeps you going, you know? I think that really matches what your birth team does. So, so I'm not talking the whole time. I want Courtney to talk about that, but it's true. Like when you, when you look at the parallel between the support you have in life and the support you have in a birth team or marathon birth team, it's very similar. 
As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. I hope you have somebody in your life and it's not always your spouse. Sometimes it's a friend, sometimes it's a family member, sometimes it's somebody that your provider connects you to, but I hope that you have somebody on your side who's saying, invest in that course or that thing that's going to help make your birth awesome. That's money well spent. Who's going to say, um, yeah, go and take some time to work on those meditation tracks, you know, even though it looks like you're just laying on the couch and I'm over here (laughs) handling all the kids so that you can prepare for an awesome birth. Like I hope you have somebody um, on your team who's making it so that you can do that, who when you hit a lull or you get discouraged or maybe you're not being so consistent, they help you to become more so. They cheer on your progress like, oh my gosh, I totally had you asleep at the end of that massage. You've got to have somebody like that in your in your space. Um, that could be, like we said, spouse, husband, could be your partner, your provider, your doula, all of the above. Um, you need somebody who's watching birth videos with you so that you both are on the same page about what do we want this to look like. You need um, a birth partner who's willing to set aside their own time, a sacrifice of their own time giving up something that maybe they would rather spend time doing in order to practice relaxation with you and get that training in. You need somebody who's going to be positive and encouraging as you hit those milestones and goalposts, like being able to squat for five minutes a time and then 10 and then 15, right? Or I remember my husband and I, he would always be so proud of me when I would complete my nutrition tracker for the day and hit all my protein goals and all my nutrient goals. I think what stood out to me too was if that's not a relationship that you have with your spouse, with your partner, with baby daddy, it's time to have a really serious conversation because the The truth is you can't do it alone. Like if I look back at this marathon training, I could have pushed through some of those things on my own. It would have sucked. It wouldn't have felt the same. It's the same with my births. When I look back, it was the times when my husband was present, when he was reading the books, when he wasn't just, and I'm not talking behind his back because he says it in the birth course, but he's like, I thought I could wing it. I didn't think it was a big deal. Yeah. But the truth is, okay. Right. But the truth is, you got to be serious about it. You're not meant to do this alone. You guys made this baby together, and getting to the end product there where you actually birthed this baby is a lot of hard work and you've got to have somebody in it with you. So I I want to encourage you guys to have that serious conversation, to have that communication, that trust, because it's going to make a difference for that birth experience big time. Communication is a really important component to um, the birth experience that you're going to have and to marriage and relationships in general. So if there's some serious conversations that you need to have now, it's better to do it now, you know, and um, I have complete faith that this is something that both of you can get on the same page about. You just need to make sure that you're expressing how important this is to you, how important preparation is for this event, and that you need their support and their willingness to do it. Totally. 
I would say along with support, um, something that I noticed was you need backups. And we know that that's true in the birth space, right? Even as doulas, we have backups just because emergencies happen or whatever. Or maybe you're a military spouse and you don't know if your husband's going to be there or not. Um, the truth is you're going to have to have some solid backups that you can lean on. And so even at the end of this journey, this preparation, like the last six weeks before we ran this marathon, and I was in California waiting for my sister to have her baby, I was like, oh my gosh, who am I going to run my long runs with? Like my my girlfriend Cassidy and I do not run our long runs alone. Like we meet up and that's what we do. And we talk for hours and it's wonderful. Luckily, I was able to reach out to a friend in California. Shout out to another Courtney who literally bought rollerblades Aww. so that she could ride next to me for my half marathon training. Um, we did one of the training runs was a half marathon in length and she rollerbladed next to me for it. And then a couple weeks later when I was like, okay, it's the 20 miler. I can't do this alone. She's like, I will bike next to you and hand you treats and get you food or like whatever. And it made such a difference. Even my dad fixed up his bike so he could run next to me for some of my five mile runs. And it makes a difference. Support makes a difference. I guess that's kind of our biggest thing. Support is huge. As you get closer to the big day, your birthing day, you either feel ready and prepared and confident and excited, or you feel nervous and uncertain and unprepared. If you've done the training, if you know you've prepared in every way, you're going to feel all the good things. And we know that's true whether we're doing something like running a marathon or for our birth. The more prepared you are, the more excited you are instead of nervous and scared and wondering how it's really going to play out. So I'm going to take a minute here. I'm going to tell my story. So now we're going to jump into the big day, the marathon day, and what it looked like. So I mentioned I'm going to give you some background, and then I'm just going to go in and really compare it to what it's like for birth. Um, background is, like I said, I'd been in California for six weeks with several challenges, even doing some of my runs. Yes, I had good backup support, but while I was there, they had these fires and the air quality was terrible. Like there were, there was one thing after another as to why I didn't hit all of my runs. And even the couple of weeks, it was like three weeks before we actually ran the marathon, neither of us, neither my, my running buddy or myself ran. She didn't run because she came down with shingles that had nerve pain through her legs. We were like, everything is stopping us from having this marathon experience that we want to have. And then I wasn't running because I was back and forth between my parents and my sister's house because she was having prodromal labor and I really wanted to be there for support. So luckily I had some backup support, like I said, for some of those runs, but we have challenges and you're going to have those challenges in your birth as well. There, things are not going to go as planned. COVID's going to come up and it's going to throw a, a wrench in everything that you thought. Your doula is not going to be allowed or you have to do this testing or whatever's going to make you feel like you don't have control over a this. Ball. A yeah. curveball. Um, and the truth is you'll have some decisions to make, which I'll talk about in a second. But basically you're going to, you might reach a point where you're going to have to decide I'm going to throw in the towel. I'm going to keep going. And for us, that was the the date, my due date was October 3rd. That's when I was going to run that marathon. And about halfway into summer, they canceled it because of COVID. And so we were like, well, do we give up? Do we run it next year? Or do we keep going and just do our own thing? Obviously, we kept going. Um, that's really similar to you getting thrown a curveball during birth. Maybe COVID stuff. Maybe um, you come down with gestational diabetes. Maybe you run into something that is not on your birth plan. And you'll have to decide, well, do I just give up or do I keep going and make this the, as close to the birth that I want as I possibly can? So I'll tell you the day before I was kind of like, oh my gosh, are we really doing this? Okay. It was only like three days prior to that, that we had decided, yes, we're actually going to pull off this random marathon. It was not even on a weekend. We did it midweek and we're like, all right, husbands, get ready. 
night before we like ran out and grabbed everything we need, all the, the goo, which is the worst thing in the world, and our <laughs> gummies and water and Gatorade. We got all of our stuff, got our bags packed, right? Our birth bags are ready to go. Um, and then tried to get a good night's sleep, which if any of you <laughs> had contractions in the middle of the night, good luck, right? So you have the best night of sleep you can, you eat good food, uh, and then we get started in the morning. So we get up really early. My husband has the early shift because my girlfriend has younger kids and we decide my kids are a little older, they'll be fine. Super early in the morning. I mean, like, I think we picked her up at 5.30 or 6 a.m. Um, and it was dark and cold. So we get started and we actually started on an uphill, which was fine because we're like, perfect, we'll work into this, right? But we were, I was excited. I was anxious. I was excited. This is really happening. Does that sound like the beginning of birth, right? Yes. Like, I think I'm oh my gosh, this, is it. this might be the real thing. Yeah. Um, looking at the road ahead, we can see everything. She, she like points out, she's like, you see those mountains? Like we have to go all the way around those and through. And I was like, those are so far away. Actually, when we were driving to it, I was like, I think it took us like a half hour to drive here. Why is it taking so like that means, oh, we, no. you know what I mean? Um, anyway, so we get up there and we get started and it's really cool. So about mile 10, right? This is like your contractions are getting closer together. You can do it. Uh, we were feeling so good and we were like laughing and talking about taking pictures and we're like, oh my gosh, do you remember like, can you believe that mile 10, like 10 miles in and we feel so good and like when we were training, like six miles was hard and um, so we were like, we're excited and we're like, we're nailing it. We're doing so good. That is a perfect analogy for two. Your contractions are picking up. You're like, I got this. Look oh, how good yeah. I'm doing. I'm on top of this. Yeah. Laughing still, talking during contractions. Yeah. Oh wait, girl, right? <laughs> so about 18 and a half miles in, we hit the downhill not a big deal and I had hurt something on my knee or I guess it was my IT band I'd never heard it before even I did the 20 miles before never had pain before and I was like oh my gosh like it stopped me in my tracks I couldn't walk let alone run we were stretching it out I like limp to the next little water station which isn't far ahead her husband was there and he's like grabs this water bottle and he's like roll this out right so there's my birth support um I would say that's akin to oh you've been stalled for five centimeters um or for six hours at five centimeters or you're having uh, your baby's position is off and you're having lower back pain or there's other pain involved okay you're gonna hit those points where you're like oh crap I didn't expect that it like takes the wind out of your right. sails you're like oh I what the crap like right you're... I was so prepared and yeah. I'm doing this thing and so like like you're gonna come along those things and and again you'll be faced with like what are my options in my head I was like oh my gosh am I not gonna finish like is this gonna take me out am I gonna come up against that cesarean birth are we are we gonna have to make some decisions here um, and so there's different options I could quit I could have not finished I could have been driven to the finish line um, for moms that are looking at this at the birthplace and you're, and you're like my goal is to go unmedicated well what are your what's what tools do you have to make it just a little further you know um, epidural is something that you can use a cesarean birth is is an option on the table um, for me I again I could have stopped the race right there I could have walked the rest of the way but I wanted to run I trained for this. I wanted to run. I trained for this. I wanted to have that unmedicated birth. So there's some things that I had to look at and a mental space I had to get into to make sure that I could finish the race. And I love what you said too, like what what tools, what do I have at my disposal that can get me just a little bit further? Because sometimes right. when you're in the thick of it, the idea of 
going all the way to the end when you don't know how long away that end is can feel really daunting, but what can you use to get you a little bit further through that next contraction, through that next mile or whatever? Totally. And I think too, as I'm talking about, oh, until the next water station, like I limped to the next water station, you know, that's the doula or that's the awesome nurse that has these great ideas or that's your husband that's like, here, drink this water, eat this food. Let's like, get you in the do you shower. Need chapstick? Yes. Yeah. And and I think that's it's just huge. You have to have that support along the way and that the people supporting you have the same goal in mind, that yep. they're not stopping. Like every time you stop, they're like, oh, you look like you're limping and your leg really hurts. Why don't we just you, you don't have to be a hero. We don't, don't don't worry about this right now. You can do it next year. Right. What would that have done to my mental state to hear that? You know, yeah. you don't have to be a hero. Just get the epidural. Just you know what? Let's just let's just get this baby out. It's this it's the best thing. Let's just have our cesarean birth a mile and a half later or so or around mile 20-ish, we realize we're headed uphill until mile 25. We've got about four, four and a half miles ahead of us where we were running uphill. And I remember thinking in that moment, like, this is our transition, right? Transition in birth, yeah. Yeah, okay, because here we are. This is going to be the hardest thing. My, I'm my sure you're hurts. exhausted at this I'm point. I'm exhausted. Um, the high's worn off. Yeah, it's like <laughs> 80 gone. degrees outside. Like oh. we're in the thick of it, you know? Like nothing nothing is, is like easy and beautiful right now. And my knee is killing me. And so in my head, I'm like, I can't do this. I'm not going to finish, but I've worked so hard. Same things you tell yourself during transition. Yep. And there was this kind of like panic and concern and sadness that set in. Like, oh my gosh, like everybody's going to know I didn't do this. And you know, all the things, all the bad things that we can bring in. And so what I started doing was um, I asked Cassidy, my, my birth partner here, I asked her to pray for me. Um, and we started praying out loud. We said positive affirmations and it was constant and loud. And she was like, you can do it, you know? And I was like, yeah, my knee's fine. Like just one step at a time, just one contraction at a time. I can do one more contraction at a time. Um, and that's really what it came down to. And so here we are, and this is, these are like long, um, miles, right? These are not the like, woo, we're hitting our like eight, nine, 10 minute miles. (laughs) These are like 13, 14 minute miles and they hurt. Uh, but I have to tell you, like, here is those two cars, our husband's at the top of this hill waiting to give us our final, like, here's your drinks, here's your water, here's the energy that you need before we hit a downhill to the finish line. And so when we came to the top of that hill, it was emotional. It was like, oh my gosh. I'm getting emotional I know. over here. We're going to do it, right? Like, you hit that 10 centimeters. Your body kicks into this. Yeah. I, I'm so tired. It goes from being so tired to like new burst of energy. Oh my gosh, I'm going to meet my baby. Like, we're going to do this. It's like when that nurse or that birth assistant comes to you and says, you're complete. You can start pushing whenever you want to. Yes. It's absolutely a second wave second of energy wind. comes in. It feels so good. And so we make it to the top of this hill. We're looking down. We know we can do it. Cassidy leans over to me and she's like, get out of your head now. Like, don't think about your body. You just, just go. We've got this. And so we start jogging down and it's like, all of a sudden, I just get this like good wave over me. And I'm like, I feel better. My knee doesn't hurt. I'm like, we're doing it. We know at this point we're going to finish. You're going to finish. And so we see our husbands at the end. They're cheering us on. Everybody's excited. We make it over that, you know, invisible finish line where our watches tell us we have officially finished this thing, you know. And we're like, we did it. Like, we collapse. We're done. Just everything, everything we had worked for in that moment is right there. 
Um, and I think that's the same with when you birth that baby, like, and they're on your chest and you hear them crying and you're like, oh my gosh, I did it. Like everything I worked for, it's all worth it. Everything I just went through, it's all worth it for this sweet moment, this sweet release. And there's also joy from the relief of what you just went oh, through. Like yeah. that's behind me. That's done. I don't have to over. do that again ever if I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It's all of those feelings rolled into one. Yeah. It, and it's amazing, honestly. I think we talked about it, but there's... There's no way I feel like this is such a huge, ridiculous point because it seems so stupid. But I had to eat. Like, can we just – there's no way. I look back at that. Like, one of the things that stood out was there's no way and you know what that I could have run that without eating during labor. I feel like that might be my soapbox after this. Like, women that are told, here's your ice chips. Are you kidding me? No yeah. way. No way you have to nourish your body. I think something else that stood out too was it did not go how I planned it. So my this is why we call it a birth map and not a birth plan in the birth course because there are many different roads that lead to the end destination of birthing your baby. Um, and also included in that is a cesarean birth. So don't get thrown off if that is what that – if my knee wouldn't – if I really couldn't have finished it, that would have been my, well, okay, that wasn't on my plan, but now we drive to the finish line. Like now we get the baby out safely. Um, so after trying all the After trying things. all of the things that you can do. So I, I honestly thought when I was training for this that I was going to run faster, that we were going to finish faster. I didn't expect to walk a mile at all. I was really kind of bummed during that period that I did that, that I did what I needed to do. Um, I wanted to get done with it and feel so dang good. And I was proud of myself. Emotionally, I was on cloud nine. My body was like, I hate you and you're going <laughs> to die now. <laughs> so, And I have to laugh because there was a point where you, you cannot compare yourself to people, you guys, okay? Yeah. And I can't help but compare myself to this woman all the time because she runs all these – she runs all the time. She does soccer. She whatever. I texted her the next morning, and I was like, are you alive? You know, because I'm feeling like I can't get out of bed. I'm definitely limping. My body feels dead. She's like, yeah, I feel pretty good. I went on a bike ride this morning. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have texted you for a few days. Well, I feel like it's important to say here, too, that we have talked to women on occasion who have had an un- medicated birth they're like yeah I didn't feel great about it right away you know and that's okay that's part of they're like I felt great after as I reflected on the whole thing but yeah that immediate holy cow this is the best ever I would say that happens for the majority of women who Mm -hmm. go on Medicaid but it's not everybody it wasn't me for my unmedicated birth either like my second baby I had an epidural I told Courtney and I was on cloud nine I went out to dinner the next day um but then I had my my unmedicated birth at home and I had a different experience and I was like it hurts to walk for a couple days so I yeah I'm, I totally agree with that. Um, the other thing too is in not comparing yourself. Like I actually took a video of women as we were running this downhill at the beginning of women that were running up that hill. Like there's always going to be somebody better than you or doing it differently that you wish you could do it. Like you're, you're made different for a reason. And so your challenges are your own. You don't have to live up to anybody else's standards. Like what matters to you is what matters to you. And and that's okay that it's just that. I think what I really want to say to every woman listening, and this is not my own quote, but it's something that I truly believe. And that is comparison is the thief of joy. I'm sure that you have heard that before, but the truth is we can look at everyone around 
around us and have so many different things that we're paying attention to that are better or worse or however you want to look at that. Or we can look at how incredible we are to be able to do the things that we are able to do um, and to be able to look at other women that, that do those things and not to feel bad about it, but to be encouraged by it. And so I hope even in telling this story, you're thinking, oh my gosh, like through all of these trials, through through the good and the bad that is part of this story, that's part of birth stories, that's part of doing something physical, I can do this too. I'm not alone in this. My body can do these things just like anybody else's. One of the things I love about Stephanie sharing this story is that she didn't gloss over the ugly. She didn't <laughs> gloss over jacking up her knee and being in complete pain And I think sometimes there's this temptation, especially if you've had a really positive birth experience and you want to share that with others, we sometimes tend to like leave out some of the, the hardships that we experience there. And I remember somebody saying, I'm sure it's a quote, I'll try and find it, but they're like, you know, sometimes we get to the top of the mountain and the view is spectacular. But then we start thinking about how difficult the climb was. And so we don't really tell other people Maybe we don't speak about that view so much, right? But the the whole point of this this quote, this thought that somebody shared with me was that, but we shouldn't be the ones to deny others the climb, Hmm. right? Share your experience. Share the euphoria that you felt completing this marathon, the confidence that it gave you, the all that went into it. You don't need to necessarily gloss over the climb, but like, but don't deny others that view. Don't deny others that accomplishment. And I, as I've sat here and listened to this, I'm like, I love that you're sharing the good and the bad. I hope what you guys are left with is that what a wonderful thing it is to be able to set goals for yourself in birth and to be able to get there. The view is spectacular. And you can get through that climb if that's really what you have your heart set on. Yeah, I appreciate you bringing it full circle and and like that because um, it really did stand out to me that there's joy in the journey. And how often are we told that, like even within our spiritual space or whatever that, I mean, so easy is it for us to either look behind us or ahead of us instead of enjoying the moment right now. Um, And even as I'm able to look back, like from a place of where I stand right now, being able to look back and say, I wouldn't have felt this joy if I didn't walk through the hardships. So whatever that looks like in a birth space, whether that's the preparation or the labor itself or both, we want you to feel everything. We want you to do the hard stuff. We want you to accomplish the challenge. And when you do, there is nothing like it. And that doesn't mean you need to go unmedicated to feel that way either. It's setting your goal and then hitting it or getting as close to it as you possibly can. Your birth might end up very different than the one that you had in mind, kind of like my run did. But when you take all of the preparation and the knowledge and the podcast that you've listened to and <laughs> the birth course that you took and you put everything that you have into it, you're going to be happy with your birth in the end. And that's the part that's going to matter. Being able to look back and say, I did my part and I know, I know that I feel this way because of the preparation and the joy and the empowerment and everything that went with it in order to prepare to get to that place. So we want to hear from you. What hard thing have you gone through in your life? 
And what analogies does that play out for you in birth? What life lessons did you get from that experience that you can apply to your birth and preparation for birth? You can find us at Instagram at myessentialbirth or at myessentialbirth.com. All right, mamas, we will be back with more tips and advice soon. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe so that you get notifications first about new episodes. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for more information on the birth course and to join our online community serving pregnant mamas just like you.